Friday, January 4th, 2008 edition. First time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Of the Relevant Podcast. I almost said seven. Uh, the Relevant Podcast is the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me is, in no particular order, Managing Editor Jesse Carey. Hello, and welcome to the new year. <laughs> uh, web design phenom Lloyd Kinsley. Hello, and Kung Hei Fa Choi. Sir, Sir Lloyd <laughs> Kinsley. And operations manager and my wife, Maya Strang. Hello, everybody. So this being the first um, episode of the new year, we have a lot in store for you. Not really. It's just a normal episode. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, we're not going to really do entertainment releases because there's nothing coming out of note. So Except for VeggieTales, the movie. If oh, wait, wait. No. Oh, no, that's fans. pretty yeah. It's coming out in the theaters? Yes. Oh, that's next week. No. <laughs> Jesse, you're just I'm so ahead of yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I bet, yes. I'm, already, I'm, I'm going in line tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Tales Pirates. It doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> They're like, you know there's no reason to camp out here, right? <laughs> we have plenty I'm, of there's seats There's no way available. I'm missing this. Yeah. <laughs> we have more than enough seats, sir. <laughs> Please leave. There is no midnight <laughs> showing. Why are you dressed as a vegetable? <laughs> a vegetable pirate. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's coming out next week. He gave you a little sneak preview. <laughs> that and things like 27 dresses and stuff. So Yeah. Uh, but this week, nothing. Everything well, good came out last last couple weeks. So, But quite a few things came out, so you can maybe catch up this weekend. Spread it out. Yeah. 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 Catch Some of the a few. holiday you know, releases, so... Christmas releases. Yeah. We're Christians. Do, do, many, do many people... <laughs> I was talking about New Year's too, but... Um, <laughs> because Christmas is the the only holiday. Other than Easter, that one's... Yeah, and Sweeney Todd is such a Christian film. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I guess some families do this, but it, does anyone have the tradition where they go to the movies on Christmas Day? I've heard of that. Not a tradition. Just, I would just feel weird about doing it, I think. I've done know? it a few times. but I have, too. Never. Not but I, I've always done it to get away from my family on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Like, me and a couple <laughs> like, friends. Like, I need a break. <laughs> that night, it'll be like, you want to go to the movies? Yeah. So, I always feel bad because there's people, like, working at the movies on Christmas yeah. night, you know? Hey, they're getting time and a half. They're getting, like, $8. So. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, you wouldn't, that wouldn't happen in, in Great Britain. That's because we're too busy, kind of, you know, we sit around and... uh we just recite like Dickensian poems and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh-huh. they only work like ten months a year, anyway. So. <laughs> I've learned that. Any excuse that they have to not work. Hey, it oh. works for us. Oh, oh, movie theaters. What? <laughs> cinemas, please. Cinemas. Cinemas. Oh, cinemas. Sorry. Yeah. Do you you go to the real theater on? <laughs> you you watch like Charles Dickens productions. <laughs> Can I ask what's wrong with that? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's all right. 
I had, a, I had a buddy of mine who was actually in. He was Mr. Fezziwig uh, two years ago, and this year he was in the Christmas Carol, and it came through. Um, he only was playing like an hour from here, so I didn't get to go this year. But he had an upgrade. I, I can't remember his what the character's name was, but apparently it's a better role. Nice. Um, it's quite the production, you know. Um, all the ghosts and such. Yeah, <laughs> makes me. Was think. he a ghost? <laughs> uh, maybe, <laughs> but it does make me think every year. Do you remember? You know, sometimes you see a movie as a young, small, small child that was above your maturity level. Mm-hmm. In 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 certain images get branded in your head. There was, I, I think I was probably like three or four and I saw a Christmas story, um, or not a Christmas story, the, what you just said, the Christmas tale or whatever it's called. It, no, it's What's a Christmas it carol. Yeah. So I saw the, a Christmas carol movie and I, there's so many versions of it. I don't know if you guys have seen this one, but many the, of them are terrifying, especially for children. Well, the ghost of Christmas, Present or future? The one with the food and the gluttony? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, present. Present. Okay. I remember him, and then at the very end of his scene, he opens his robe, and there's two like orphan children living under his robe. Do you what? remember this? Is that Scrooge, the one with Bill Murray? No. No, this was a Christmas carol, and it was a proper Christmas carol with Ebenezer and the whole nine. Oh, wow. But he was gluttonous, and he, had, and he wore this big velvet green robe, and he was just larger than life, like a giant. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of his scene... To like show you the contrast between Christmases. Yeah. He yeah. opens his robe and living underneath his robe are two small orphan children. You'd go to jail for that nowadays. It's terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. No, oh, just under me. his robe. I thought you meant like as in part of his flesh. No, no, no. He no. like drew back his robe and there was well, like, like yeah, he had like molded a big, to his body. No, no, no. He had a big like overcoat, <laughs> yeah. velvet, green velvet thing. I'm not crazy. This I, this actually this is happened. in one of the Christmas Carol movies. Well, even the Muppet Christmas Carol, when it gets to the ghost of Christmas um, future, <laughs> he, and they have that whole kind of, it looks a little bit like the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Like, Elijah doesn't like that guy. I yeah. don't. <laughs> Creepy well, I, guy in a giant black kind of rip. He looks like the Dementors from uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> I remember when I was young, I watched the movie A Princess Bride. And That's awesome. Yeah, it is a great movie, but... I don't remember how old it was when... I don't know how old I was when it came out. I was born in 83, so, you know, I'm sure someone with... I think it was 87 is when it came out. So pretty young, you know. Not old enough to understand it was a comedy. And I (laughs) thought it was very scary. I remember thinking, like, this is... A scary movie. You know, the rats, yeah. for one. That explains yeah. a lot about your sense like, of humor. <laughs> I know. Well, and your now, fear of rodents. Yeah. <laughs> even, even, like, uh, even like Billy Crystal's character. Maybe that's, maybe that's oh, why I awesome came up my that. thing against like Billy Crystal. And it's, Andre the Giant. Dude, Because true. it terrified me as a child. You hate rodents and Billy Crystal. But I remember, I remember my dad actually told me, he's like, no, it's a comedy. And I remember distinctly as a kid being like, oh. Well, it's not so scary then, you know. Like, I remember like watching it later and be like, "Oh, I guess it is kind of funny," you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know. I think how young you are. How do you miss that being a comedy? <laughs> I'm telling you, if you have been like four or five, yeah, probably. if you're four or five Still. years old, those those are there's some pretty scary scenes in there. Most you know? three or four year olds I know, if they see like any kind of fight, they laugh. Well, Lloyd, you know what? This is uh, uh, that's jaded British children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I was a peace-loving child, Lloyd. I used to sing live combat in the British stage. Yeah, the theater. The theater. Yeah, from 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 birth, you guys watch live combat. Yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> Makes you a man. <laughs> At the age of three. 
but before we uh, jump over to slices, uh, we have three uh, special packages that arrived. For mystery the- boxes. <laughs> yeah, mystery boxes, if you will, that arrived for the podcast crew. And so each segment, I will open one of them. Uh, one of them we have here from uh, Washington State. Interesting. The other mm-hmm. corner of the continent. Um, it's from Justin and Naomi Boyer. It says Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. That's the proper Christian greeting, just, like, <laughs> just so you know. Um, my wife and I just got back from a three-month stay in China. Wow, that's quite the vacation. It is. Yeah. Uh, we thought we'd bring back a few small items and give you a taste of China. Taste mm. being underlined, hmm. implying snacks. I'm a little scared. <laughs> a few highlights include the blue and green 08 Olympics wristbands coming to you from McDonald's in Kunmig. They say something like, go China, China to win. I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Also, the cellophane wrap box contains not cigarettes, but re- but red date slices. They're an item unique to the Henan province. Uh, think of them like a fruit roll-up minus the sugar and... And goodness. And in an, <laughs> and in an edible, translucent rice paper. I'm not going to eat the paper. Uh, thanks for your work on Relevant and Radiant, both in print and online. We hope the next year is a glorious one for you and your families as you walk in the way of redemption. But what if we don't walk in the way of redemption? <laughs> Lloyd. P.S. <laughs> P.S. is a no shame plug. We've also included a poetry book from our own reference. He's a writer, the other a designer, both living, learning, and serving in China. Very cool. Okay, up next, Slices. You're listening to Paris, Tokyo by Lupe Fiasco. It's on his brand new album, The Cool, or Lu- technically Lupe Fiasco's The Cool is the full title. Um, great album. And at the beginning of the podcast, you heard none other than Band of Horses with the song Ode to LRC. What's the common thread here? These are both artists uh, and albums that were covered in some way in the current issue, brand new issue of Relevant. Until we, uh, at, you know, Relevant TV is still for another week or two playing the best of 07. And then we will kickstart the new year, the new season with brand new uh, videos for 2008. So until then, this week, we're spotlighting some of the best music from the new issue. So there you go. Okay, now with Slices, here is Jesse. Well, I have a pair today. You get a two for one deal. New Year's, New Year's sale. It's so kind of a combo. Yeah, it's a... It's a uh, post-holidays, you know, you can't go... Post-Christmas. <laughs> I'm, I'm referring to New Year's, too, though. They don't uh, have New Year's sales. They have Christmas sales. Well, consider this your Black Friday post-Christmas sale. No, it's Black Friday's post-Thanksgiving. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> Whatever! Fine. I'm, you just get one now. You all know <laughs> But there is a common thread. They're both about viral videos. The first one is about the Archbishop of Canterbury. Now, he did his New Year message, but he actually released it this year on YouTube. And I had to speak with Lloyd beforehand because I... To get the accent right. (laughs) 
Because, to be oh, honest, no. I do not know who the Archbishop of Canterbury is. I told like, Lloyd oh. that my theory about that, and this probably sounds ignorant, and we'll get emails about how ignorant I am and how offensive I am, but my only... <laughs> we do every day. <laughs> but my only knowledge of Canterbury or its Archbishop comes from the Canterbury Tales. Uh-huh. So, obviously... I believe the Archbishop is a man who lives in a very nice mansion, and children come to him every day, and he reads them tales of Canterbury. <laughs> That's now, Michael Jackson. <laughs> now, Lloyd, how accurate am I with that? Uh, you're nowhere near. <laughs> I mean, children at some point must speak to him, but he doesn't live in a mansion. <laughs> of, the, of any tales. Well, okay, so the Archbishop, you inform me, is the head of the Church of England, or a head of no, the Church no, of England? No, 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 he, he's a high-up figure within it. Okay. I, I might be completely wrong. <laughs> this well, is where people go, man, I thought he knew some stuff about the country he was from, but he's ignorant. <laughs> well, he, he is a high-ranking church official, we can at least say that. But he had an interesting message this year was to go green. Well, at least he said so in so many words. Um, he said that God does not waste. And he says that we are so fixated on keeping up with change that ha- have we lost our, our own sense of stability. Just you know, he is the head of the Church of England. He is. Okay. Okay. Good. You're smart. Good. Um, but he actually draws an interesting parallel. Um, he, he said something along the lines of that in a society where we're, we're, so many things are disposable, that we'll get a new, you know, we'll replace our old gadgets every year with the new models, have relationships so. become disposable. That has our, has our thinking changed. So he's not just saying, he just didn't go on there and say, recycle and and consume less but he actually talked about how it can affect the the whole psyche of how we deal with relationships and and long-term things do we make them seem disposable and you know do we do we make important things just throw away too so an interesting message but also interesting that he went to youtube that and if you have, if you ever see a picture of the archbishop, he's he's not the type of guy that you pick vlogging on on YouTube. Yeah, I, you know I, nice I you know what he looks like? He looks like Phil Jackson minus some hair. And like, <laughs> yeah. he's Phil Jackson, the coach of the Lakers, the Zen master yeah. himself. Yeah. <laughs> both very spiritual men. I know, both very wise. Well, well, they said also this wise year, old sages. Uh, Queen Elizabeth made her. She also looks like Phil Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's heresy. <laughs> you leave the lady hey. alone. <laughs> Cameron, if we follow the letter of the law, you could be beheaded. Now, luckily, they moved past that. But my second item in viral video news is that MC Hammer, you you guys remember MC Hammer, is set to launch a... (laughs) MC Hammer can't touch this. Here's a clip. Can't touch this. That guy, right? Yeah, that yeah. guy. Okay. I, I remember him now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That song. How, I heard it once. How could we forget Mr. Hammer? Um, that did, did you ever see that commercial where, like, the dad was fantasizing about oh, being MC Hammer? And he's, uh, what was it? Like, he got an MP3 player or a phone that played music was this or recently? something? Yeah. Like, in the last six or nine months. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, it's he him like, in a daydream sequence doing the MC Hammer and Can't Touch This Video. Yeah. And it's this middle-aged kind of fat, bald guy. And he is, it's he's to great. the T. 
the video, right? Wow. And then it's like he comes out of the daydream and his wife is like, how? How? You know? Yeah. And he's just sitting there and he's like a dad stuck in a boring life, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But through his MP3 player, he can live out. It's <laughs> funny you should, uh, you should list MC Hammer in dreams because I, I have a funny story about that. My, my brother, when we were growing up, we shared a room um, and he, he used to like sleepwalk quite a lot. <laughs> and one notable kind of time was he, uh, he woke up and kind of, well, not woke up, he got up uh, and presented himself into the center of the room <laughs> and proceeded to just go, stop. Hammer time! Oh, 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 oh! And he, he did the whole <laughs> did kind of not. yeah in his sleep. There was no kind of dancing, unfortunately, but he did the whole kind of song. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's great. Do you in remember his sleep. good stuff? Do you remember how huge that was, though? I remember it was like oh, well, of course I was young again. It was probably about the time was? of the uh... was huge. I still love that <laughs> song. <laughs> tour yeah. around the world from, from London, London to, to the Bay. Bay. It's, it's hammer go hammer, it's hammer go hammer, and the rest can go and play. Can't touch this. <laughs> I did a dance to that song in church. What? Oh, yeah. What was the theme? Was there? Was, it was. Did you guys a, it was a, into pray or something. No, it was a talent show. My oh, I thought it'd be like theme. Like there was a, a list of things that as that you Christians you shouldn't touch. <laughs> <laughs> and they had like a big display box with them all in there. Can't touch this. Or like no, each one of you <laughs> is, is yeah, yeah, like no, yeah. One, each one of you is dressed up like representing some saying like one, one person's got a bunch of bottles and like does the human video. Can't touch this. You know, and the next person comes out. We just gave uh, a lot of pastors a lot of good uh, an idea for <laughs> yeah. Sunday mornings. Yeah, right now that's a slice of fried gold right there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people right now. Are pausing the podcast, taking out a notebook, writing a whole. <laughs> this is gold. Video. It's yeah. gold, I tell you. <laughs> well, back hmm. to the viral video thing. He's actually launching a rival site to YouTube that will specialize in what kind of videos? Any guesses? Dancing, dance videos. That's oh right. yeah, I have heard about this. And so he he's apparently really into it. He said there's no high tech lingo or business strategy that you can talk that is above his head. That he breathes this stuff now. But some tech analysts have said that. <laughs> he hasn't put it to successful use. Well, he's in the process of... It hasn't launched yet. He's doing the press right now. Mm-hmm. He's getting the people excited. And let me tell you, <laughs> as soon as people hear this, I'm sure they're just going to be Googling away MC Hammer dance video site. But some analysts are saying that if people want dance videos, they'll probably just go to YouTube because YouTube... If you want any videos, videos, you go Yeah, that's what they're saying. Like, it doesn't matter. There's no need for specialized sites. But, uh, you know... If Hammer's track record is any indication, <laughs> this thing's going to be huge. Gigantic. So, track well, record wasn't it just those? Wasn't it just too legit to quit, man? Too legit. And the Adams Family song, yeah. And pray. Oh yeah. He was. Yeah, I should have done that song when I was in dancing at church. What was I thinking? Yeah, for real. Yes, I had. Let's get it started. My favorite. Have you seen her? A remake of the oh, yeah. song. Yeah, he's had some hits. He yeah. has. He has. He, well, um, Jesse actually stole <laughs> one of the slices I'd written down because I was going to talk about Hammer. Um, <laughs> but so the that's other thing, new dance so quickly. Yeah, you, you beat me in the dance off. <laughs> um, so the other story I, I read had, um, this week was just about um, they they did a poll with four million uh, kind of viewers. Um, to kind of discuss the usual of, of kind of the end of a year, they want to say who's the best at this and that. But they also listed the worst. And um, Eddie Murphy was listed as the worst actor of 2007. Aww. And Lindsay Lohan was listed as the worst actress. And yeah. I kind of thought, well, yeah, it's good that they, they kind of they have them for the best. But you've got to think, if you're Eddie Murphy and 
you, you kind of you, you find out about these results and you sit and you think okay in my field four million people think <laughs> I'm the worst well I think I think Eddie Murphy is one of those guys where he's talented obviously but I think his whole attitude remember the whole Oscar fiasco yeah. when he lost and he no. just kind of sat there scowling like, and then he left yeah and it's like when was he up for an Oscar for Dream, Dream Girls, Girls. Yeah. Oh, last one. And okay. so, I, but once he didn't win, because it was one of the early ones announced, that's he right. left like right after. Okay. So, so I, and people were talking about how rude it was. Yeah, I, I don't think it's really about his performance because I think Eddie Murphy's hilarious. I mean, a couple <laughs> well, a in couple the 90s, maybe. A couple <laughs> viewings of Beverly Hills Cop will have anyone convert. Oh, yeah, to a definitely. Fan. Like then, then he was, he was solid gold, like Norbit. Pluto Nash, people. <laughs> but I don't think people are really think he's a bad performer. I think it's just that was such like a classless thing for an A-lister to do. Just, no, I think they think that he's done horrible material. Oh no, yeah, what, what has he done? Specifically, the, the worst. It, the worst actor. It said worst actor in the performance of Norbit. Oh, oh. <laughs> and listed Lindsay oh, Lohan as that. What was that? I can't even remember the film. It was the. Um, I no, I know who killed me. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. I yeah. know who killed me, and it was like. Oh, obviously she couldn't act in any of those chick flicks. Why is she going to do well in a thriller? Well, yeah. she in Prairie she Home Companion and Prairie Home Companion. Well, okay, how about this? Yeah, Mean Girls was good. Yeah, Mean Girls wasn't a bad film, but she wasn't great in it. No, that's true. The writing was good. Yeah. Well, Tina, Tina Fey. Tina yeah. Fey wrote it. Well, I have a story of a woman in Texas who was asked to leave the bus because she was reading her Bible to her children. And literally, that was it. The bus driver asked her to stop re- reading the Bible to her children. They're on their way to church. The lady said she wouldn't. She must have not. I mean, I would think she wasn't screaming or anything. She's just talking to her kids next door. The, all of a sudden, the bus pulled over. They were escorted off of the bus onto a little van that did take them to church. But the company said that even if she had been reading any other kind of book out loud, they would have done the exact same thing. Bull. Not weird. They said that. If anyone who is loud is asked to be quiet and they they don't do it, then they can be asked to leave. Yeah, I mean, she could have been like a belligerent, really loud lady, like trying to prove a point. Well, like, that's what what, what she, her response was when the first person, because two people came to her. First, the, the driver and then a supervisor. So when the driver came, she said, well, the, the, the person said, you know, this isn't the, the time or place, you know, can you quiet down? She said, well, I don't... Uh, uh, well, I think it's the perfect time and the perfect place since it's the Sabbath and it's our time with the Lord and therefore I'm going to continue. That's what she said back to the driver. And she, um, I think she was a Seventh-day Adventist is what it said. So uh, it was probably on a Saturday, crowded bus. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you wanted her off, didn't you? <laughs> You're on the bus driver's side. No, I, I'm, I don't, you know, obviously there's, I think there's, uh, freedom of speech laws, but if if any person is yeah on there, I I might be even as a Christian might be a little bit uncomfortable with someone there. If they're really yeah, if you're reading out really, I hate when people read out loud generally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they should just not say no talking on the bus. Yeah, ever like in elementary school. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. Even as, despite if she was just reading any other, and I think you know we live in such a time of, you know, well, she's reading the Canterbury Tales. Yeah, it would be a different fine. story because everyone on the bus would be entertained. Or oh, yeah, like Doctor Seuss. <laughs> yeah, no, or, or a Christmas Carol. I'm more confused no, about no, the little van. Carol. Holiday Carol. <laughs> no, I'm confused about the little van. 
Yeah, how did they arrange that? That's amazing. I'm was it like, was then with their walkie like Voltron. Like it was part of the bus and it kind of transformed off the back. <laughs> pulled up alongside and it was like a giant soundproof, like a Pope-mobile. Ha- having not seen Voltron, I'm just going to take your word for it. It was a British remake of... Of, of the Transformers. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's a totally separate thing. Oh. And you guys need to get your geek on. <laughs> no, no, we don't. You need to Google... If you Google Voltron, you're going to be hooked. <laughs> hooked for life. All right, that's like this. Listening to Natasha Bedingfield featuring Sean Kingston. The song is Love Like This. It's on Natasha's brand new album. And I don't even know if it's out yet. I know it came out in the UK. I don't think it's out here yet. She performed it on New Year's Rockin' Eve. She did. With uh, Ryan Seacrest and Dick Clark. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's right. Ryan Seacrest. She's the sister of Daniel Bedingfield, who had a electro pop hit a few years ago. And their whole family is Christian, and they're, uh, she has a great story. There's the another show. sister on the way, apparently, who is a budding artist, too. Uh, you not know on the I way was, as in... Is uh, she already no, born, I've, or is she... I've heard both of the siblings say that the other sister is better the than best. Them. They've yeah. both said it, that, yeah. that, you know, if you think we're good, wait till you hear her. You know what would be, nice you know be really great? If, like, somewhere, like, there was, I don't know, about a 1,500-word, um, you know, perfectly articulated... <laughs> I don't know. I always want to call it a story. <laughs> like about, a feature. Yeah, like a feature about <laughs> Natasha Bedingfield, her Christian background, her thoughts on faith, music, and her career and family so far. That would you know be what? very, very we helpful. Should, we should do it. We should do it in our magazine called wait, Relevant. Wait, what's this? What's this? Here. In, in the current issue I have in my hand here. We're so on the ball. We well, already page, did it. On page 50? What oh, we're ahead this? of ourselves. <laughs> Wow. Wow. We're cheesy. This is something. <laughs> <laughs> we have a finger on the pulse, people. Of, of ourselves. <laughs> I feel like we could do infomercials together yeah. really well. <laughs> so, but wait, that's not all. <laughs> the issue also you get, has... You get all this. Yeah. A 2007 year in review, a cover story with Rob Bell, slices, letters, so much more. But wait, buy it now, and I'll also throw in a first word column by me. <laughs> Isn't there always a, an annoying English guy on those adverts? <laughs> well, that's he's, why we brought you like on. The, he's Thanks. the expert, you know? Yeah, he yeah, is exactly. always the expert. Yeah. He's the expert yeah. to the... He's like Mr. Dyson. The I want to be guy. the skeptical curmudgeon. We're like, what? I don't believe that That's this what is the what bullet... Sh- yeah. Oh, we, <laughs> the we bullet. should recreate the bullet in yeah. Surely this cannot be so. So the new issue uh, has none other than Rob Bell on the cover. It's been a long time coming. We've We've talked to rob a number of times and um the time wasn't right to put it on the cover now it is we were theming the issue the new issue and the reason being that it covers a lot of stuff dealing with kind of fresh starts um rob bell really talks about a new direction for the church and for us uh and so we thought that was a great kickoff to a new year uh we talk about a number of things and you'll see kind of the comment that as we talk through the issue but I have I have to point out something in letters that uh, somebody pointed out 
to us an error that we did. Uh, Made a in, mistake? In the, in the December issue, the one previous to this, Brody Harper from Nashville, Tennessee, wrote in and said, in the December issue slices, you mistakenly listed the pastor of Mars Hill Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, being Rob Hill, not Rob Bell. <laughs> and then he said, I think he should get the January cover for that one. <laughs> And he actually swayed the tide here. It's all because well of Brody. Brody. And, Once again, we're on, finger on the pulse. And for the first time, we actually, this week, got a letter about a letter that we published. Not and the first time. Well, we, we've gotten a lot of letters about letters. <laughs> well, this one was... Notable. Now, okay. Well, it well, happened we, on the podcast. Yeah, we, we, originally on the podcast, something was said about Canada, America's hat. It was the episode where Chris Stevens sat in. Yeah. And he said he saw a T-shirt that said Canada, America's hat, and, and we all laughed. And obviously, we're going to laugh because it's hilarious. But here's the thing, okay? <laughs> uh, so uh, several Canadians have written, like, extremely offended. Like, I'd say I about know, a third of the population. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're extremely offended. We're not buying your magazine anymore. Okay. Like, literally, like, angry. Yeah. And we ran, awesome. one, of, we ran one of the letters <laughs> in, the, in the issue. Okay, and... Did anyone write in from Central America when you said that Mexico looked like America's beard? No. Okay, here's the reason. We're not, we're not talking about Canadians. It's nothing. It happens to be what the geography on a map visually looks like. Does, I, do Italians get mad when they say, hey, you look like a boot? No. That's how everyone remembers where Italy is on a map. Okay, so there's no reason to get offensive. We're not saying that the people look like hats. We're not saying that somehow... <laughs> I would take offense cult- to it. Yeah, that's not some sort of <laughs> cultural slam that your culture is like a hat to our culture. No, because that doesn't make sense. It's simply look on a map. It looks like America is a face that has Mexico for a beard and Canada for a hat. So when this person wrote in very angry, I you know we excerpted just a bit, ran it in the magazine and said, proof number 100... Um, proof number 1,835 that some people just don't have a sense of humor. Well, now we're getting emails about that. That we were so dismissive to the upset Canadians, and I used to like your magazine, and now I will never tell anybody to read it ever again. Well, cry me a river. It's a joke, people. (laughs) We don't actually think your country is a hat, even though it happens to look like one. We appreciate (laughs) Canadians and all that they contribute to the world society. Canada is one nation under God above America. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate... There you go. See, there. We just counterbalanced it. We said that you're above America. There you go. go. Jesse's a huge Steve Nash fan. I am. It's all about Canadians. I I really am. And... I, I don't see what I honestly don't see what the fuss is about. And I liked Peter Jennings before he died. And I love maple syrup. <laughs> I do, but I prefer Vermont maple syrup. <laughs> I'm from Minnesota, where we do use coins from Canada, as you can use them. That's illegal. Yeah, it does sound, like, sound illegal, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not but they are they are in in rotation. Every once in a while, they're in rotation down here, and it ruins our vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I think I know. As in, in the office. Yeah. I think I know no, which Canadian brought them down yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> we only have one Canadian. Has infiltrated our currency system. <laughs> See, first we, we print one little joke, and now they're infiltrating the currency. <laughs> Great. Yeah. We don't have anything against Canadians, because our creative director is one. Yeah. See, I could have said, I'd like, I've seen a shirt that I thought was funny, but... I know it would f- offend people if we had a shirt that if I made a joke that said invade Canada. Like, <laughs> it was funny when I saw it in a shirt, but I don't actually mean we should invade Canada. The whole idea is so ridiculous, that makes me laugh. That's how a joke works. <laughs> so I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah, so am I. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get stuff about Slices that. is slices. There's a bunch of good stuff. Actually, this is one of my favorite um, 
episodes of Slices. So uh, make sure to check it out. So then we've got um, spotlights on some of the people you've heard today, like Matthew Good, uh, Sherlock Poems, The Glorious Unseen. We have uh, columns by Tom Davis, Jason Boyette, Brett McCracken, and uh, the scene spotlight showing that we're not biased about or or America centric. The scene this this issue is on Wellington, New Zealand. It's a really cool photo. And my uncle's from New Zealand, so take that. Yes, he is. Yeah. So, and the, the little trivia. Don't know if people know this. The Lord of the Rings was filmed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you make jokes about Lord of the Rings, I'm leaving. <laughs> New Zealand actually That's where he draws the line Yeah It's <laughs> a naysay right there A naysay <laughs> We all have to have our lines yeah. it's, And I think we were tossing around the headline Middle Earth for a while But we landed on just Well, well, Wellington So <laughs> well, well, I'm surprised you didn't make joke about Wellington boots <laughs> <laughs> That's funny um, the, the revolution this time is on slavery And we kind of open your eyes to one story in particular and then give uh, resources and um, places that you can get involved to to make a difference. I just killed an ant. That the iPhone has so many functions. It has it has a phone. It has GPS. It has email, and it has ant killer. It has a flat <laughs> surface from which you can murder murder ants. Um, we kick off features with a a very well-timed uh, spotlight and feature on Natasha Bedingfield interview with her. It's one of those that I really enjoy when you get to talk to somebody who's truly famous and they actually have something really deep to mm-hmm. say about faith and culture and, and all of that kind of stuff. I really, I enjoy kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit. Yeah. Cause a lot of times when you're in an interview, they, they kind of, they have their guard up. Yeah. They know? beat around the bush too. Yeah. You really have to, trick them into it. <laughs> honestly <laughs> yeah but i mean you know some people like and they know they know our magazine and so they they kind of assume that we're going to go there and ask the god question so they kind of dance around it or they mm. they have a answer kind of cocked and loaded and it's not really like you know letting their guard down and yeah. you know i like it when we can have a real conversation with somebody so um flipping the page we have a q a with jeremy courtney he has an organization called buy shoes save lives and it's it's actually uh, an organization that we support at relevantstore.com. We actually carry these shoes. Mm-hmm. These shoes are made by um, Iraqis, and the proceeds go to helping um, Iraqi children get hospital treatment and um, and whatnot. And it's an incredible organization. It's a nonprofit organization, and apparently the shoes are incredibly comfortable. Yeah, and they've actually these are kind of legendary shoes because they say that the in uh, southern Turkey, northern Iraq, uh, the Kurds have actually made these shoes for thousands of years, and um, you know they have a long legacy. And they're actually each pair is handmade. It's a really cool story. If you if you read the story, you'll get more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very interesting. One quote, one quote he says is, what makes us different is that our goal isn't to keep our profits or distribute them to shareholders. We turn our profits into heart surgeries, and, which I would say is a pretty good use for profits. And, and even yeah. even one of the, the organizations that they, they help fund is that Muslim children who were affected by some act of violence were actually some of the procedures were performed by Jewish doctors in the region, Wow, which is uh, which is. Over there, it's a really big deal, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, where there's so much conflict centered around religion that it's actually bringing people of different faiths together. So it's very cool. That is cool. 
Flipping the page, we got a 2007 year in review. Now, in previous years, we have run a year in review in the last issue of the year. This ran into a problem because it was the November-December issue, and um, the November-December issue is written in September or August. And because of that, we were never able to really... There was a quarter of the year missing from it, basically. And so we always had to do some cockamamie prediction of a trend that would have emerged in that last quarter of the year. Mm. And unfortunately, some people started taking our cockamamie predictions seriously. Like we were talking about the emergence of magic one year, like as a joke. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I, I swear to this day, we still get emails about how, you know, we, you know I'm a... Christian magician, and I just appreciate you guys really validating what we're doing. And we're like, oh gosh, that was a joke. So uh, this year we decided so there's no uncertainty uh, that we should just push it to January so we can get the entire year under our belts <laughs> and we don't have to do any cockamamie uh, makeup ones. So, you know, Jesse and, and Adam wrote most of it. Any jump out that you want to share without giving away too many? Well, uh, you know, we, we tried to stay away from, you know, the obvious. So even in the honorable mention, we didn't just say the iP- the iPhone. It was the love-hate relationship with Apple because they did a lot of good things. They had the iPhone, but there's also that whole thing about the eye-bricking, the Apple TV totally tanked. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we try not to make them too obvious. We had some fun ones in there. Um, about how sci-fi almost becomes cool. Hey, yeah. hey. No, 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 no. <laughs> See, it says Way sci-fi becomes cool, cool sort of. Sci-fi ha- is cool. I wrote the little tagline at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Dating girl. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, the another another one of my favorites was the asterisk, which had, which had a huge year in yeah, 2007. Yeah, big year for the asterisk. I sure. Mean, I mean, it was probably the year of the asterisk. It, it really was. If we had to pick one to land on. One symbol. Yeah. One typographic symbol to land on. I would choose the asterisk. Yeah. I mean, even now, it's Bigger still, than the pound sign. Bigger than the M dash. I think of all these. If you could, you could go back and you you would say semicolon. Where were you in two thousand seven? Yeah, Don't no. remember. This was the year of the asterisk. <laughs> Don't remember. Yeah, two thousand and six was the year of the colon because of all the Lord of the Rings films. Because they were always like Lord of the Rings colon the two towers, the Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs> they got Lord, heavy Lord use. Sci-fi is only sort of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me a legend. <laughs> but from I am legend. No, that was a terrible film. <laughs> Speaking of bad sci-fi. Yeah, it disappointed me. Uh, so, yeah, and then we do have a bold prediction. Uh, but, folks, we're not going to give it to you. you got to buy the issue. But please know it is said <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. It is ironically written. And I hope I hope people can get having, that. Having been the person that actually wrote this little blurb for the bold prediction, yeah. I tried to make it so that there is no way that this could be taken seriously. But, well, the podcasters should get it. Yeah. Because you have talked about it. Yeah. I just I know we're gonna get some group that's been trying to advocate this thing. <laughs> I like hope so. Emailing us, just thanking us for the support and this you know, they doubled their membership to four because of our, yeah. our write up, you know. Hey, if you book them, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> uh flipping the page we got Rob Bell. Uh he tells it like it is, apparently. It's a Q and A with him. Uh, we we figured I'll call the bug guys. You, know, you get an iPhone. Um we figured um you know, you could write a feature about Rob Bell, but really what we care about is what he has to say. So yeah. why why waste words? <laughs> yeah. You know, why have a writer waste words? Just cut out the middleman and just put all the words, yeah. all of his words in there. And so we just did a big Q&A with him. And it's really interesting. Yeah, because Rob Bell's one, he's extremely articulate. 
and knows exactly how to get his thoughts across, but he's also not afraid to say things that could potentially ruffle people's feathers. Yeah. But he doesn't say he's, – he's just a good balance when it comes to giving insight, you know? Yeah. I had some friends who kind of they, – they saw – they went to see him on some of the dates on the, the Gods Aren't Angry tour, and, like, they said what was amazing about it was that, like, he had absolutely no notes – you know everything he he kind of he was prepared to talk about was was just there in his in his head and even though like he would kind of open it up at points people kind of the stuff they threw at him didn't throw him off and everything he was just totally prepared and he, he knows the subject matter and i think that's what makes his kind of his viewpoint on things so interesting cuz he knows the stuff like back to front so well you have a lot of writers now that just have a lot of opinion you know and they yeah. have a lot of like you know, new ideas or whatever. And what I appreciate about Rob is that his ideas aren't new. He goes back yeah. to the scripture and to the Hebrew, and he's a teacher of uh, foundational truth, you know, yeah. and it's, and, and, you know, for good or bad, it's revolutionary, yeah. you know, and it's like, he illuminates places we've gotten off track. And I, and that's, it's a challenge. And I like that. I like, I like that he teaches truth. Yeah. So. And, and it's definitely a challenging read i mean we i've we've gotten letters on both sides already already it's been two days after the issue came out we've already yeah. been getting letters so. wow people love them and hate them yeah <laughs> seriously like really? there is a battle lines drawn around rob bell and whether you love him or hate him you know you're gonna want to read this story yeah so. because what he has to say is well compelling. either make you love yeah, him exactly. or hate him more so. <laughs> so anyway there you go uh flipping the page we got a, a feature on the classic crime ban the classic crime not actually on a classic crime <laughs> or we, we decided to do a little departure departure yeah. editorial we decided to go back to mob uh, <laughs> nice. journalism it's a true crime feature um, <laughs> it's a new series <laughs> classic crime let us know what you think I mean we're just kind of shooting in the dark here because we had a huge hole to fill we're just being transparent <laughs> it was either that or a work of strange fiction that uh, Lloyd had been working on so hey it's going to be awesome <laughs> strange science fiction uh, the Classic Crime has a new album on Tooth & Nail called Seattle Sessions. Here's a clip of one of the songs called Seattle. Continuing the new theme for the year is, you know, this year in 08, we're going to elect a new president. So we figured what better time than now to uh, talk about politics. Um, the real reason was we really internally we were debating, do we talk about politics at the beginning of the year or do we wait until the election time? And we felt it'd be much more interesting to talk about it now because there's more things to discuss. Yeah. When it gets pared down to just two candidates, it's really just, you know, platform issues and really limited appeal right now there's so many candidates still in the fray that a lot of ideas mm -hmm. are being talked about that we thought now was the time so there's actually quite a substantial politics special section um starting on on page uh 72 so uh we have two big pieces one by author joel author and speaker joel hunter and one by a name that many of you know jim wallace and we also kind of wove in this is really fun uh, a reader's poll where we asked you on the website we asked thousands of you on the website a lot of different questions and some of them were funny some of them were serious very interesting some of the responses yeah you know yeah. looking at them 
quite shocking. One, one of them. This is the big one. I, I, the big question to me, I really wanted to know. Our reader said, who would Jesus vote for? And our reader said 28% was the leading, the leading one. I'll give this one away. Barack Obama. Out of all the candidates, yeah. Republican uh-huh. and Democrat on the field, 28%, which is the, the biggest margin, uh, said Barack Obama. Mike Huckabee was number two at 24%. And Ron Paul, down there with 15%. Right. One, two, three. Barack, Mike, Ron. Wow. I, I was, yeah, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't want to give too much away, but I was surprised by some of the answers. I was, I was honestly really surprised, too. I, I, the ironic thing, one of the categories most likely to be a preacher, Mike Huckabee won because he is a preacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is an ordained minister. Yeah. Oh, he's most likely. Yeah. He's most likely to stay what he is. <laughs> It'd be like saying who's most likely to be a politician. I have to ask a question, and this is me being, having no experience with it. Why, why is it an elephant and a donkey? I, I don't know. Hmm. No, you don't know. Mm-mm. It's it's an old thing, and I'm sure some political historian can write in and tell us. Flipping the page, we got an article talking about the new atheism, and you know, it's a it's a kind of an intellectual trend that's happening. The rise of the new atheism, uh, and this is kind of a response to it. Uh, it's interesting. It was a good piece. I thought. I feel I felt like this is definitely something that. Um it's gained so much steam late, lately with you know uh, Richard Dawkins and and the the God God isn't great and you know some of the other books that have come out even the Golden Compass right would cause a big stir um, because it was originally written on a novel that is was written by an by an atheist um, but I feel like our story does a really good job because the the whole movement is based around the academic world um, and really making intellectual arguments but. One thing that the Christian response has been, instead of trying to refute it, is engaging it, um, which I think is is a really good way to respond, especially in the academic setting. There's been several debates, even one hosted by Harvard University, where they had people on both sides of the atheism and Christian uh, thinkers and and um, scholars that were able that are able to debate together and actually have a conversation without battle lines being drawn. So it's, it's a cool, I'm not saying new atheism is a cool movement, but the response to it mm-hmm. has been interesting because it, like I said, it's more of an engagement with the thoughts rather than just trying to refute them. Flipping the page, we got a feature on the new Amsterdam's and their new album. And uh, here is a sample of the song Wait. The interviews with Matt Pryor, who's pretty much the mastermind behind New Amsterdam's um, uh, lead singer, principal songwriter. But Matt Pryor, get up kids, right? Yeah, he's basically indie rock royalty. Um, it's one. I think it's. I don't think it's too, um, you know, overinflated to say that he is one of the guys that really ushered in kind of the indie rock movement. I mean, the Get Up Kids were an influence of a lot of even indie pop artists that are, that are still coming out now. And he even talks about in the, in the, in the story about how he, you know, a guy that has seen the music industry go from something where indie bands had to do it totally themselves into the kind of new, uh, internet movement, how that's influenced things. And even how finally, uh, after years of, you know, being enslaved to record labels, that artists that want to do it their own way, have the capabilities to. So he has a really, a really good perspective just because of his history to talk about kind of where the music industry is. Absolutely. Then we got reviews, lead, lead review, uh, the new Radiohead album. We got spotlights on Desperation Band, Lupe Fiasco, 
number of others. Um, book reviews, I Am America and So Can You by Stephen Colbert, <laughs> which I read. And he writes like his show, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like Rob Bell's Velvetos is written in the, you hear Numa when you're reading it. Yeah. And it's written that same way where it's like he's written like he's talking. I, I haven't read the book, but is it like the America book where it's kind of like bite-sized content or is it actually a book with like definite chapters and, yeah, it's, and it's going in a chapters. linear direction? Uh-huh. And, but it, seems, it sounds almost like monologues. Yeah. Elongated yeah. monologues, you know, which is good. It's not, John Stewart's right, writes better books. I mean, I'm a huge Colbert fan. Yeah, huge Colbert fan. So here, here's my question: Do you think those guys? Do you think it's Ghostwriters? I mean, do you think these guys just dictate some jokes and the Ghostwriters just kind of? I got the clear impression from him writing it that he wrote it because throughout the book he kept complaining about the stress of his deadlines and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got the clear impression he wrote it because you know what I'm saying like a lot of these big personalities that come out with books. I just imagine them sitting in a room with a writer for like a day, and the writer comes back like two months later with a book, and the guy just signs off on it. You know? mm-hmm. Now, I also recently read the Steve Martin autobiography, mm-hmm. which he is a brilliant writer. Yeah, as far he's as actually comedians go. novels too. Right, mm-hmm. he wrote Shop Girl. Right, well, as, as comedians go, though, he he would even say he's a writer first and a comedian second or third. Mm-hmm. He's also a very astute magician. I learned in that book, mm-hmm. and magic is actually what got him into comedy. Because he worked at the Disneyland Magic Shop for years growing up because he grew up in Anaheim. So, I, I, so spent Jesse, lot, I spent a Jesse lot of time at the big. Disney World Magic Shop. My mom actually got me a really cool gift for, for Christmas. Lloyd was Lloyd lives in my neighborhood now, so he came over to, to get something last night. And I showed him this kit Some of magic tricks that, I mean, there's a lot of good tricks in there. And I'm not going to lie, they're going to take me... Probably hours to master. <laughs> <laughs> hours? <laughs> Weeks? No, no hours. Um, <laughs> I'm very natural with it. Um, so hopefully I will, I will have stories soon of me being able to perform these at different locations around town. <laughs> Unannounced. To an audience that didn't even ask to see David Blaine style. Yeah. To stop yeah, people gonna, on the street. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt people some, during their meal. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. You look like you're done with that. Um, yeah, I'm going to show you a couple of tricks. Mind if I pick up this spoon? <laughs> yeah. Trick with the spoon. I'm just kidding. I have nothing to do with the spoon, but I'm just picking it up. Now that I have is this your, your spoon? Now that I have your attention, we can begin. <laughs> That'll do it for your look inside the current issue. Uh, if you want to subscribe, which we would appreciate it if you would, head over to relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe, and uh, you can sign up for a year for 12 bucks, and you can also get a free CD with your subscription. Um, you can also go over to relevantmagazine.com and look inside the current issue. We have a flipper there. You can kind of look at the layouts and stuff like that. You can also check out the online bonuses. Every, a lot of the features have special online additional content that you can check out at the website, so make sure to head over there. Okay, after the break, your feedback.
listening to Desperation Band. The song is I'm Coming Your Way. You, uh, you know, as reviewed in the new issue, that's why we're playing it. It's a, great, it's, a, it's a very strong album. I actually went to college with those guys. Yeah, little I, claim of fame that I got there. <laughs> claim to fame, I guess. Um, and, and your wife grew up with them. Yeah. Small so. world. Very small world. Desperation Band, they are based in Colorado Springs. Oh, yeah, they're actually the, the band at New Life now. The church, yeah. Okay, so your feedback uh, two weeks ago, three, maybe. Wow, December 14th, we asked you for your most horrible disasters in front of a large group of people, or most embarrassing moments in front of a large group of people. And yet again, when we offer, when we ask you for just your deepest, darkest secrets, the most horrible things that have happened to you, you guys don't disappoint. You, it comes in in droves. If we asked you some serious question about what you thought about some pressing social issue, we would have gotten two. But instead, we get hundreds of emails. <laughs> well, so you guys are just, you love pain. Well, this one comes from Connie McPherson, who... Hey, I know Connie. Do you? No. Oh. <laughs> she lives in Daytona Beach, so it is possible. Oh. It is possible. Because um, we're in Orlando. I, saw, I saw her at a Bike Week last oh, year. Oh, Okay. Yeah. When you were frequent there, yeah. um, you rode the chopper up. The relevant theme, the, re- the chopper. chopper. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the flames down yeah. the side. And all the magazine pages look like they're just you know coming off the gas tank. Uh, <laughs> so she's in eighth grade, and she had actually been taking piano lessons for quite some time. And the school puts on two big piano concerts a year, and these are a pretty big deal. Like the whole school is in there, um, but at the time it's. Uh, pretty hot in the gymnatorium that they have at the elementary school there. So they decided to open up one of the back doors and let some air flow. Well, she decided to play a very challenging song, but one of the the modern classics, uh, Prince Ali from the movie Aladdin, uh, from the soundtrack that we all very familiar with. Uh, they played it on piano. The problem is the song is about six pages long, so it's a lengthy little ditty there. Um, and... Into the song, the breeze from the open door started blowing. She said that she thinks she knew the song by heart, but the pages started blowing off the easel. (laughs) And so she tried to keep playing and pick up the pages, but she stopped playing really quick, grabbed them, put them back on, and and began back where she thought she left off in Prince Ali um, (laughs) when the breeze blew through again and the pages blew off. Well, it happened several times. She kept... uh, you know, stopping and starting again once you pick up the pages that were blowing everywhere. So was this an elementary school talent yeah. show? Well, it was a piano concert, but the thing is, once the noise So she was stopped, playing like a good old song that everybody will get into. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the kids love this. Yeah. But the kids didn't just, they didn't sing along, I guess, because when the piano stopped playing to pick up the papers, <laughs> she could hear people start to laugh. Oh. And that's when nerves <laughs> took over. And to this day, she has a couple questions that she reflects on because obviously she probably thinks about it daily. Um, <laughs> that well, once she's immediately stopped taking piano lessons. So we've lost a great musician. The world has. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also said that she noticed that no one else's pages fell off the whole day, only mm. hers, which is mysterious. And Probably people were opening and closing the door while she was, because that would create yeah. the changes in the wind. I mean, this is almost like the whole, you know, uh, JFK thing. She, I think if we reviewed the tape back into the, you know, yeah. I mean, there's lots of the theories. The pages there. were blown back into the left. Yeah. Was there a second blower? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I think it's because she was singing, she was playing some music that has possible demonic 
<laughs> yeah, the genie. That's yeah. not. Yeah, that's of the devil. Yeah. Um, but and also she wonders why she even stopped to pick off the pages, pick up the pages over and over when she had memorized a song. I guess she's so in the zone that you know weird things happen. I know at my piano concerts they do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was before the pinky incident, and I can no longer play major chords. So. <laughs> Nice. Minor, minor, Bring it all together. Chords, you're yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. It's those, those the, the simple, The simple major chords, you it's can't a, get those. It's the, very the complex hard. Chords. It's very hard. It's a very dark song that's all minors. <laughs> <laughs> I have one here from Nick Flora, and he is a touring musician. Uh, and he says a lot of times on the stage, you can't see down because the lights are so bright. And in a. In, this problem I have in, the, in my office, too. As a matter of fact. Right in your eyes? Mm. Can't the see? Spotlights, the stage yeah. that I work on. <laughs> <laughs> Life is a stage, my friend. <laughs> True story. Well, he said that one during uh, one show in between some songs, he was just kind of talking to the audience, trying to be funny, and some girl shot... I hate it when, when artists do that. Just Oh, you do? Yeah, just play the music. That's why we're here. <laughs> well, he said something funny, and some other some girl in the audience made a joke back at him. It was really funny. A heckler. Yeah, heckler. But it was like really good timing. And so he was like, who is that? And one of the musicians with him was like, that's my sister. And the musician guy said, he said, well, I would marry her right now based on her comedic timing. And everyone went silent. He couldn't figure out why. And then all of a sudden the guy goes, my sister's 14 years old. (laughs) Creepy. Yeah. And he said, said, to make things worse, her dad was with her. He, He said he never recovered that night. And it was just extremely awful. And awkward. Aww. You see, embarrassing stories. Poor the Nick. ones where people are laughing, they're they're funny. It's the ones where it's so awkward because no one is laughing. <laughs> yeah, that are, are sometimes really more embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, those oh, are the stories Jesse likes. She's yeah. fourteen, <laughs> <laughs> and he's a size medium. He wants us to all know that. He wants. Well, a, he probably wants a shirt. <laughs> I, I hope, because otherwise that's just creepy. Um, we actually have a really cool opportunity for you guys. Our friends over at Zonerman have given us copies of the brand new Bible Experience audio Bible. Okay. Now this has been out for a little while, but it hasn't. What you've heard in the past has been the new Testament. Mm -hmm. And what has just released is the complete Bible, um, old Testament and new. So that's a lot of stuff. Now the Bible experience, if you don't know about it, it is, um, it's an audio Bible kind of dramatically read by a number of huge name, African American artists and, and, uh, and actors. Mm-hmm. So you got everybody from Cuba Gooding Jr. and Samuel L. Jackson to LL Cool J and Nick Cannon and Denzel Washington and Angela Bassett. I mean, it's common is on it. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of A-listers. And uh, for the next three weeks, we have, we have enough to give away a couple each of, each of the weeks for the next three weeks. So um, what we're going to do is at the end of the podcast, when we ask you this week's editorial question of the week at the end of feedback, um, we're going to select three winners of the people who write in this week's editorial question of the week to, to receive the complete audio Bible of the Bible experience. It's, it was named the 2007 audio book of the year. So it's a pretty big deal. 23 yeah. Grammy winners, eight Emmy winners, five Golden Globe winners, three Oscar winners, and a bunch of people didn't win anything. So anyway, so listen for the editorial question of the week at the end of the episode, and we will, and you could be uh, one of three winners this week. And if you don't win this week, tune in next week. We'll have something else for you to do. We like making you jump through hoops for free stuff. Yeah. We, we get a sick pleasure out of it. 
<laughs> so right in. <laughs> um, well, this one's from Mia, and I guess we have a lot of performers in in the group that wrote in, which makes sense because who else would have a lot of embarrassing moments from front of large group of of people? Now Mia was an aspiring, or probably maybe still an aspiring actress. And she was actually portraying Anne Frank in the school's production of The Diary of Anne Frank. And it was opening night, and it was packed. And because it was opening night, Mia was very excited. I mean, that's the lead role, I'd imagine. And she was delivering I'd her <laughs> she was delivering her monologue. Uh, ironically, the, the lead is a guy named Bob. <laughs> <laughs> she was he, a li- he's the one who stole Anne Frank's diary. It's now, actually his story. There was, a, there was a dialogue about how she had been growing up and no longer able to fit in some of her old clothes. And she got really carried away. It was a full house. It was opening night. And she actually started shouting the monologue. She said, <laughs> I've been growing. I've been growing so much, I can't even fit into my old shoes anymore. But the thing is, she didn't say, I can't even fit into my old shoes anymore. <laughs> she said a word that sounds kind of like fit, but it's not appropriate to say. Um, so, so much that I can't even into my own shoes anymore. And she was completely mortified. <laughs> as is this some new lingo? As was wow. the audience. This is one where uh, this is one where the audience didn't laugh. Um, that because her elderly English teacher was there, her parents and her grandparents were all in the audience. That's a big slip up. And to yell, I can't even into my own shoes anymore. <laughs> So, I don't know what happened to her acting career, but uh, wow. the show was a hit. I mean, they sold out every night after that. <laughs> I have one here from Jonathan. You see the Smith or Smythe? I think it's Smythe. Smythe. Yeah. Here in the U.S., we say Smythe a lot. Nice. It's a very common name. <laughs> anyway, uh, when he was in sixth grade, which is uh, he's like twelve years old. Um, we know he, that here in the U.S. we understand what sixth grade is. Yeah, I'm just representing for my peeps. <laughs> um, You're literally translating for the international audience. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, you know, you've got to do what you need to do. Um, and he, when he was at school, he did very well with spelling. Um, and so his, he, he was nominated by his class teacher to take part in a spelling bee. Uh, it was only a school-wide one. Um, but he, you know, he, he got, it got to his turn and he was given a word uh, which most of us would, you know, would cope with very well. Biscuit. So on hearing it, he actually laughed because of how easy the word was. Uh, and he says here, you know, two things happened. He become, one, very confident because he knew the word, but two, started to kind of act up a bit and kind of put on a cocky face just because he was a bit of a kind of a class clown. Um, and so he, he, he stepped up to the mic and, you know, very proudly, very confidently shouted out how you spell biscuit. B-I-S-C-U-E-T and smiled from ear to ear. At which point there was a pause, and then the entire auditorium apparently just burst into laughter. Oh. And it says here, it says here, his teacher was his teacher <laughs> laughed so much she had to she had to lean her face into the wall at the back of the room. And then afterwards, after realizing everyone was ridiculing him, he said to his parents, um, "Is it okay if I go home and have the rest of the day off?" He said, and he said they said no and sort of walked away like they're embarrassed to even be seen with me. Oh. <laughs> I have one here from James Morrison, who is from Canada. I loved his stuff with the doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was awesome. I mean, whatever he's, happened, he's not Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what he was up to. <laughs> he's listened to our podcast, Living on Island with Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> well, James was in 10th grade uh, science class uh, with all of his, his, his uh, classmates, and the teacher asked a question, and the answer to the question was organism. 
So he decided he was going to answer it. Uh oh. And in his head, he raised his hand in his head, you know, he thought orgasm. But as he said it out loud, he said the wires in his brain twist and he actually did say orgasm out loud to the whole class, who just thought it was hilarious, except for the teacher. And that's his nickname to this day. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> yeah. He said, he said it didn't turn out so bad as everyone was like giving him high fives and like, hey, that was funny. But in reality, he says he really didn't mean to say it out loud. So That's funny. Well, this one's from Denise Spencer. And her and her husband were attendees at the Ichthus uh, Music Festival that's held every year in Kentucky. We're there. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're, we're there frequently. Weren't you there when it started snowing? No, it was Tyler. Yeah, it was Tyler and Flynn, I think. Um, it's funny because she makes no mention of us in this story, which is <laughs> weird. But anyway. We're the kings of Ichthus. Yeah. We rule Ichthus with an <laughs> iron fist. But if anyone's been to any of the summer music festivals, you know that there are always lines at the porto potties, um, particularly at night. And so she went over there, and there's a long line. But she had her trusty flashlight with her, so she wasn't too worried. <laughs> so there's a long line of people, and she somehow positioned the flashlight in there so that she could see everything. And she started hearing knocks on the door. And she was like, man, this person is very impatient, you know? And it turned out it was her husband and was like, you need to move your flashlight because you're casting, somehow it was casting a massive silhouetted <laughs> shadow on the hill behind them so that everyone in line oh, could wow. see a, the shadow silhouette. I don't, I don't know the, the, the whole physics of this, but uh, I'll take her word for it here. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for your feedback. And here is this week's editorial question of the week. New year, you know, fresh starts, new season for the podcast, I guess. So we want to freshen things up a bit. We want your help coming up with new identity for the relevant podcast. So uh, it's a little bit of a challenge. Remember, you know, our favorite participants in this quest will win the full Bible experience, audio Bible, complete Bible. Uh, We want a new logo for the relevant podcast, one mm-hmm. that we can use in our, in the iTunes, uh, and you know, podcast stuff page and on our Facebook groups yeah. and all that stuff. New, new logo for the relevant podcast. But Cameron, what if I'm not a designer and I want to participate? <laughs> well, we have something just for you. <laughs> Tell um, me more. We, we also need a slogan for the podcast. So if you're not a designer, maybe you are a wordsmith mm-hmm. and you can contribute a slogan. But if you're not a wordsmith and you're not a designer, we have something for you as well. A wild card. The playoffs are here, people. Something, <laughs> something relevant podcast-esque that we can use or incorporate. Maybe your forte is audio. Maybe you can come up with a new jingle for us. Maybe you can do an intro for a segment. Maybe there's other things. Maybe YouTube there's a video. YouTube video. Po- yeah, viral marketing stuff for us. Something to help us get the word out or to enhance or evolve Yield relevant podcast. So uh, no matter what your strength is, or, or you know that one girl, maybe maybe it's a piano concerto. Yeah, yeah maybe it's a, a modern take on Prince Ali, <laughs> which needs some modern revamping. So whatever your forte is, whatever your talent is, help us out. Um, some new stuff for the podcast: new logo, new slogan, new jingle, whatever it is, marketing materials. 
Send it in to editorial at relevantmagazine.com or feedback at relevantmagazine.com. Even if you don't win, we will post our favorites, uh, or most of them. We'll post a lot of them on the podcast fodder blog at relevantmagazine.com. Speaking of which, you should head over to relevantmagazine.com and check out the all-new message boards. We had some vicious hacker attacks, uh, which if you frequented the boards, you know they've been down for the last couple weeks. Well, they are... Uh, back up and running and uh, a new community new season new boards that are actually a lot better than the old ones so go back over there check it out you can um you, you're gonna have to re-register but so what <laughs> next week tune in because we have sh- should i announce the yeah, interview let's let's do it is it official it's pretty official all right well we should have an interview next week with none other than wild and outs nick cannon yeah here on the podcast mm-hmm. so mm. Nick Cannon, some some comic hilarity. Yeah, you should you should do a little while and out in your interview, dude. Test him out with some improv. <laughs> All right, I'll let him know. I'll, I'll just be like, listen, Nick, I happen to be a little on the side here. <laughs> <laughs> that level with me here in the biz. That's what we call it in the biz. <laughs> dude, are they still calling it that, Nick? <laughs> oh, that's gonna be fun. All right, so tune in next week for Nick Cannon and uh, another special surprise that we can't reveal. So make sure to tune in next week. All right, on that note, thanks very much. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Justin Carey. I'm Lloyd Kinsey. I'm Maya Strang. We'll see you next week, and Happy New Year. Podcast. Anytime, anywhere.